Welcome to the Enchanted Library, where we turn the pages of books, beautiful and old, living and magical. It's time to curl up, get cozy, and join us on an adventure. reading from The Wonder Book by Nathaniel Hawthorne, The Paradise of Children. Well then, said Epimetheus, who was a very good-tempered child, like a multitude of children in those days, let us run out and have a merry time with our playmates. I am tired of merry times, and I don't care if I never have any more, answered our pettish little Pandora. And besides, I never do have any. This ugly box, I am so taken up with thinking about it all the time. I insist upon your telling me what is inside of it. As I have already said fifty times over, I do not know, replied Epimetheus, getting a little vexed. How then can I tell you what is inside? You might open it, said Pandora, looking sideways at Epimetheus. Then we could see for ourselves. Pandora, what are you thinking of? exclaimed Epimetheus and his face expressed so much horror at the idea of looking into a box which had been confided to him on the condition of his never opening it, that Pandora thought it best not to suggest it any more. Still, however, she could not help thinking and talking about the box. At least, said she, you can tell me how it came here. It was left at the door, replied Epimetheus, just before you came, by a person who looked very smiling and intelligent, and who could hardly forbear laughing as he put it down. He was dressed in an odd kind of cloak, and had on a cap that seemed to be made partly of feathers, so it looked almost as if he had wings. "'What sort of a staff had he?' asked Pandora. "'Oh, the most curious staff you ever saw!' cried Epimetheus. "'It was like two serpents twisting around a stick, and was carved so naturally that I, at first, thought the servants were alive.' "'I know him,' said Pandora thoughtfully. "'Nobody else has such a staff. "'It was Quicksilver, and he brought me hither, as well as the box. "'No doubt he intended it for me, "'and most probably it contains pretty dresses for me to wear, "'or toys for you and me to play with, "'or something very nice for us both to eat.' "'Perhaps so,' answered Epimetheus, turning away. "'But until Quicksilver comes back and tells us so, "'we have neither of us any right to lift the lid of the box.' "'What a dull boy he is,' muttered Pandora, "'as Epimetheus left the cottage. "'I do wish he had a little more enterprise.' "'For the first time since her arrival, "'Epimetheus had gone out without asking Pandora to accompany him. "'He went to gather figs and grapes by himself, "'or to seek whatever amusement he could find "'in other society than his little playfellows. "'He was tired to death about hearing about the box, "'and heartily wished that Quicksilver, "'or whatever was the messenger's name, "'had left it at some other child's door, "'where Pandora would never have set eyes on it. "'So perseveringly did she babble about this one thing, "'the box, the box, and nothing but the box. "'It seemed as if the box were bewitched, "'and if the cottage was not hold enough to hold it, "'without Pandora's continually stumbling over it, and making Epimetheus stumble over it likewise, and bruising all four of their shins. 
Well, it was really hard that poor Epimetheus should have a box in his ears from morning till night, especially as the little people of the earth were so unaccustomed to vexations in those happy days that they knew not how to deal with them. Thus, a small vexation made as much disturbance then as a far bigger would in our own times. After Epimetheus was gone, Pandora stood gazing at the box. She had called it ugly above a hundred times, but in spite of all that she had said against it, it was positively a very handsome article of furniture, and would be quite an ornament to any room in which it should be placed. It was made of a beautiful kind of wood, with dark and rich veins spreading across its surface, which was so highly polished that little Pandora could see her face in it. As the child had no other looking-glass, it is odd that she did not value the box merely on this account. The edges and corners of the box were carved with most wonderful skill. Around the margin there were figures of graceful men and women, and the prettiest children ever seen, reclining or sporting amid a profusion of flowers and foliage, and these various objects were so exquisitely represented, and were wrought together in such harmony, that flowers, foliage, and human beings seemed to combine into a wreath of mingled beauty." But here and there, peeping forth from behind the carved foliage, Pandora once or twice fancied she saw a face not so lovely, or something or other that was disagreeable, and which stole the beauty out of all the rest. Nevertheless, on looking more closely, and touching the spot with her finger, she could discover nothing of the kind. Some face, that was really beautiful, had been made to look ugly by her catching a sideways glimpse at it. The most beautiful face of all was done in what is called high relief, in the center of the lid. There was nothing else save the dark, smooth richness of the polished wood, and this one face in the center, with a garland of flowers about its brow. Pandora had looked at this face a great many times, and imagined the mouth could smile if it liked, or be grave when it chose, the same as any living mouth. The features, indeed, all wore a very lively and rather mischievous expression, which looked almost as if it needs burst from the carved lips and utter itself in words. Had the mouth spoken, it probably would have been something like this. Do not be afraid, Pandora. What harm can there be in opening the box? Never mind that poor, simple Epimetheus. You are wiser than he, and have ten times as much spirit. Open the box, and see if you do not find something very pretty." The box, I had almost forgotten to say, was fastened, not by a lock, nor by any other such contrivance, but by a very intricate knot of gold cord. There appeared to be no end to this knot, and no beginning. Never was a knot so cunningly twisted, nor with so many ins and outs, with which roguishly defied this most skillfulest of fingers to disentangle them. And yet, by the very difficulty there was in it, Pandora was the more tempted to examine the knot, and just see how it was made. Two or three times already she had stooped over the box, and taken the knot between her thumb and forefinger, but without positively trying to undo it. I really believe, she said to herself, that I begin to see how it was done. Nay, perhaps I could tie it up again after undoing it. There would be no harm in that, surely. Even Epimetheus would not blame me for that. I need not open the box, and should not, of course, without the foolish boy's consent, even if the knot were untied. It might have been better for Pandora if she had a little work to do, or anything to employ her mind upon, so as not to be constantly thinking of this one subject. But children led so easy a life before any troubles came into the world that they really had a great deal too much leisure. 
They could not forever be playing at hide-and-seek among the flower shrubs, or at Blind Man's Bluff with garlands over their eyes, or at whatever other games had been found out while Mother Earth was in her babyhood. When life is all sport, toil is the real play. There was absolutely nothing to do. A little sweeping and dusting about the cottage, I suppose, and the gathering of fresh flowers, which were only too abundant everywhere, and arranging them in vases, and poor little Pandora's day's work was over. And then, for the rest of the day, there was the box. After all, I am really not quite sure that the box was not a blessing to her in its way. It supplied her with such a variety of ideas to think of and talk about whenever she had anybody to listen. When she was in good humor, she could admire the bright polish of its sides and the rich border of beautiful faces and foliage that ran all about it. Or, if she chanced to be ill-tempered, she could give it a push or kick it with her naughty little foot. And many a kick did the box. But it was a mischievous box, as we will see, and deserved all it got. Many a kick it did receive. But certain it is that if it had not been for the box, our active-minded little Pandora would not have known half so well to spend her time as she now did. After all, it was an endless employment to guess what is inside. What could it be indeed? Just imagine, my little hearers, how busy your wits would be if there was a great box in the house, which, as you might have reason to suppose, contained something new and pretty for your Christmas or New Year's gift. Do you think you should be less curious than Pandora? If you were left alone with the box, might you not feel a little tempted to lift the lid? But you would not do it. Oh, fie. Oh, no, no. Only if you thought there were toys in it, it would be so very hard to let slip an opportunity of taking just one peep. I know not whether Pandora expected any toys, for none had yet begun to be made, probably in those days, when the world itself was one great plaything for the children who dwelt upon it. But Pandora was convinced there was something very beautiful and valuable in the box, and therefore she felt just as anxious to take a peep as any of these little girls here around me would have felt, and possibly a little more so. But of that I am not quite so certain. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and share our podcast with a friend. Stay connected by following us on Facebook at facebook.com slash enchanted library. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash enchanted library. We appreciate your support. Until next time, friends. Happy reading.